0: Hello and welcome to Celebrate Like a CEO. I am your host, Stefan Whitwell, Austin-based CEO of Whitwell and Company, a nationwide wealth management firm. Every Monday, I bring on some of the brightest and best business owners and CEOs in the country to talk shop, get their insights on how to run a successful business, and importantly, how to succeed without burning out by taking the time to celebrate. Now, let's get to today's show. Today, we have a very special and fun guest joining us. His name is Robert Nietzsche. Robert is the CEO and president of the Nietzsche Group which is a significant insurance agency located here in Central Texas. Robert brings a wealth of experience, both as a business owner, a CEO, but he's also one of these guys that is so uh, engaged in life that anytime I get a chance to speak with him, he's got fun stories to share. So without any further ado, let's welcome Robert to Celebrate Like a CEO. Welcome, Robert. I am so happy to welcome you to this week's podcast. Thanks so much for making time in your schedule to, to join us today.
1: Uh, it's really exciting. Glad to be here.
0: So I uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what you're doing now. But before that, I, I just kind of wanted to start with something fun here
1: and, and ask
0: you if I had met you when you were five and asked you, Hey, Robert, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, how would you have answered that?
1: <laughs> well, I, I'd like to say something interesting, but I'm pretty sure it would have been all about uh, firemen, policemen, uh, pilots. Uh, or one of the one things that, if you were asked, if I maybe a doctor, uh, but you know, kind of normal kid stuff. Yeah, now I can
0: totally relate to that. My my son, who's two and a half, he is all about firemen right now. So. Uh... He's, we're playing all these imaginary games. Oh, yeah, there's a big fire over here. Come on, let's put it out. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun. So what, uh, how, you know, tell me what you're doing now and how did you get
1: into this business that you're running? Okay, so uh, I'm running an insurance agency, I'm kind of uh, it's a family business. I got in kicking and screaming. It wasn't what I wanted to do in life, but uh, circumstances kind of led me here. And along the way, I found out that uh, I'm actually pretty good at it. So I started uh, when I was probably six or seven years old. I mean, I took my first steps in the office. My dad reminds me of that every once in a while. Working with (laughs) Bailey is always fun. So you took your first steps in here, and I got away for a little bit uh, and was able to kind of come back after college and grad school and trying to decide what I really wanted to do in life. Uh, so insurance.
0: Then, oh no, go ahead. Sorry,
1: we go, go ahead. Well, I was just to
0: say, insurance is a very broad area. Uh, help, help me narrow yeah. that down. What, what kind of insurance? Is okay,
1: what, so what a, as insurance agent, we work with uh, construction clients, pretty much, or higher risk, higher hazard classifications, and we work with them on uh, their built their uh, their buildings, equipment, projects they're working on. And it's mostly commercial insurance, but we kind of surround them uh, that we can also do their employee benefits for their employees. And then also, because most owners, their personal lives and their business life overlap so much, then we get into some of the personal stuff as well. Uh, We just We started as a small insurance agency when my dad first got here in 71, and we had one employee. And now we have over 100. So along the way, we've kind of grown and uh, kind of picked up this specialty, which is kind of fun. Wow.
0: So from one person to 100, um, I know there's, I mean, I don't care what line of business, there's always challenges, uh, and certainly in insurance, too. What, um, but what, I mean, obviously, you've been doing something well to, to be able to grow like that. What, what would you say is going well and has been going well over the last several decades?
1: Uh, over the past several decades, the, the thing that really goes well for – has been going well for us is that we kind of learned what we were good at and really kind of spent a lot of time uh, getting into that. My grandfather was a contractor, and so my dad oh. grew up doing construction, and uh, I think my dad just kind of fell into that. Hey, I know these guys. I know how this stuff works. Uh, he even got me a job as a kid in seventh grade uh, on a painting crew working for a contractor. Uh, so I got my taste of uh, of doing that kind of work, but we just we just got started that way and kind of ended, you know, as we kind of grew, we just understood what those customers needed. And it's been a great ride. We've had some great customers along the And they're so much fun uh, to be mm-hmm. with. Uh, they like to have a good time. So so we're talk, it gives us an opportunity to celebrate with them with their wins.
0: And I'm, I'm definitely going to be uh, wanting to hear more about that. But I first uh, had a question. So, you know, as CEO and um, as an owner, you, you, you surely wear a lot of different hats. Um, but I would imagine that, you know, as the business has become more successful and you've added more people on your team, that you get to spend a little bit more time doing the things that you most enjoy or where you just have, you know, get to operate more within kind of the sphere of your superpowers. Um, what, what are your superpowers in the context of your work? What, what would you say is something that, um, you know, you are in your purpose when you get to be doing X, Y, and Z, what, what is X, Y, and Z for you?
1: Okay. Well, I love it to think about it as superpowers because uh, I would never <laughs> classify any skills I have as a superpower, which is great. Uh <laughs> But the, the fun part about uh, my superpower, I guess my superpowers would be, uh, I'm kind of a strategic person. You know, I like to have a plan. I like to get things in place. I used to play a lot of chess. did martial arts for a long time, and I know it's something you and I share. You can't just go off. You have to have a little bit of a plan. Uh, playing golf, flying airplanes, I mean, you know, you, you can't just, I hate to say it when you're talking about flying, you can't just wing it. Needs to be a little preparation, a little thought about what you're going to do. Uh, that's probably my biggest superpower as uh, well as being able to uh, analyze a situation and come up with creative solutions.
0: So when you say wing it, uh, I, I understand that you're also a, a pilot. How long have you been? How, how do you get into flying, uh, you know, and, and how what um, what is it like to be up there, you know, above the clouds, just out there by yourself in that plane?
1: Well, I, I, I can tell you this. I, I, I started, I got into the p- flying thing about 17 or 18 years ago. We have kind of clients all over Texas and I had some friends that were flying and I was like, oh, well, you know, uh, maybe we'll give this a go. And then I found out I, I really, I really enjoyed it. And I kind of found out that, it's it's very, when you're up there in the clouds, you're totally immersed in what you're doing. Mm. And it is such a great escape, mm. especially when you're, you know, you're taking off and getting up to altitude. Then when you're coming back down, you have to be really involved with where we are. And, uh, the, and I think we've talked about this at one point, but at one time I had a, a total engine failure while I was flying into uh, Georgetown and my single engine airplane, and you talk about creating uh, some focus there. And, of course, uh, I landed safely on the feeder road on I-35 up there in Georgetown, uh, much to the amusement of uh, some passerbys as I land my plane in front of them <laughs> and uh, get out uh, and have a conversation with them. He said, one of them guys got out and goes, man, that was so cool. I was like, I'm so glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> I don't know but that it, uh, amusement would have been what I would be feeling. If I, you know, I I was uh, that yeah. I I just I came up on this guy and I you know the airplane when you run out of steam you run out of steam. and I just slammed it down right in front of him, and uh, he thought that was some wow. kind of cool. And, and so <laughs> I just I you know I just got out and sat on the wing and waited to everybody. All the emergency services show up, and it was a. It was a great experience and a great reminder about focus and staying in the moment uh, and not being distracted from anything else. Because I will say, at that moment, nothing else mattered.
0: Uh, I, I yeah, two hundred percent. I mean, I can't imagine. Um, wow, that's an amazing story. I, I, I hadn't heard that before, and I just, I can't. Uh. uh you know, I, I, you're right. I would imagine that all of your senses, everything, are suddenly just so intensely focused. So you went back in a second ago uh, and you mentioned um, as a, you know, you like strategy and like having a plan. And one of the things that I think as companies grow and develop, they develop their own kind of uh, techniques for, for managing that growth, whether it's EOS or OKRs or framework for goal setting. Um, how do you do planning in your business? What what cadence do you do planning on? And you know, do you use a particular system, or have you kind of created your own? Or how do you go about doing that?
1: Uh, yeah, one of the things I'll say about our, our planning is we we kind of run three different consultants all the time. We have an organizational design consultant, we have a financial consultant, and then we have an insurance specialty uh, consultant. So I kind of have you know, I surrounded ourselves with a really strong team to be able to kind of look at our performance and benchmarking and all those things, Uh, you know, I just, I guess I was, my dad taught me a long time ago that, uh, you know, find those people that are really great at what they do and uh, learn from them and surrounding ourselves with those people really have helped. And over the years, we've probably tried seven, eight different things. And my, my favorite saying around here is is we're going to try something new and if it doesn't work we're going to back up 10 yards and punt and we're going to try something else so don't get attached to what we're doing and uh so we're, we're not afraid to try new things and uh, our our team around us and i mean there's lots of fun things i look at afterwards and I go well that wasn't very smart but so we've tried all sorts of different management systems uh but just that continually learning and growing through it and what works for one business doesn't always work for others. And for us in the insurance business, we're kind of in a weird little space. And uh, I think we found what works and it's been a lot of fun.
0: That's amazing. I, I think you've done an incredible job of, of creating that environment where you can uh, have permission to fail. Not, not repetitively at the same thing, obviously, that would be bad, but, but being willing to try new things. Um, you know I think a lot of bigger companies struggle with that um, and, and I, so ask, i want to ask you a question about that in particular because as a as a company growing and as an entrepreneur you need to to try new things right you needed to, to undertake experiments on the other hand as an owner I'm, I'm sure you can relate you also need to be focused on results and accountability um, one you know you need you really need both in that health, healthy culture so how do you Balance those two, right? I mean, um, you know, failure after failure is not good, but but only focusing on short-term results and not being willing to take that risk can also be bad. How do you try to create that balance as the leader in your in your business? So,
1: so Stefan, yeah, I know you and I both share a, a love of martial arts, and and so you and I are very familiar with trying new things and failing over and over again. And I kind of brought a lot of that, 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 you know, cause I did that for 30 years. I kind of brought a lot of that into here. When we try new things, it's, you're going to have those moments that it doesn't work and you just have to stay focused and continually pour in the effort. Uh, a lot of times I'll tell people, if we make a mistake, tell somebody, it's kind of like your instructor, tell somebody that you're having a problem and let's fix it. We're not going to worry about the blame. Let's get the problem fixed. and. It, and the question is, is, and if you've had many sparring matches that I've had, you learn a lot from pain and discomfort. And uh, when we make a mistake around here, we, you know, there's normally some consequences, but we learn from that and they kind of move forward. But that's the way, you know, and Marshall, you learn. I mean, you try things and it works and it doesn't. But that accountability is there because you want to get to that next level.
0: 200%. I, I love that. And, um, and that's easier said been done for a lot of people. But, uh, you know, um, yeah. if you're not willing to try something new, it's hard to grow. So I uh, I think you've created a very special environment there. And, and for people listening to this podcast, I really want to emphasize the value that you bring to your team if you give them permission to try something new and you support them if it doesn't. I love the fact that you said, Robert, hey, if you make a mistake, tell somebody about it. Let's talk about it. Let's fix it. And move on. So keep moving forward um, and not dwell on it and not get stuck. Um, speaking of talking about it, though, I want to get back to something you said a second ago, a few minutes ago, about celebrating. So, uh, you know, sometimes we have small wins. Sometimes there's big wins. How do you like to, in your company, celebrate those little wins? And how do you like to
1: celebrate the big wins? Uh, Well, you know, I kind of, I was thinking about that after when you uh, sent the, the, some of the questions and I was like, that's a really good one. And it took a a while for, I was thinking about it real hard. And I mentioned to somebody that, that works here and I said, Hey, how do we celebrate the little wins? And he, and he looks at me and goes, hello, food. (laughs) I was, I just kind of looked at it and I kind of laughed at thinking, oh no, that's not really serious. But in, in reality, you know, we, we're, you know, just a company of 100 people. So we're not a huge company. Uh, we have, uh, we're in a small town. It's funny how much we like to celebrate with food around here. It is really hysterical. So a lot of our small wins, and sometimes I walk through the different areas and they're celebrating something. And I'm like, what are we celebrating? <laughs> uh, such and such passed this test or did this. And I'm like, there's food everywhere all the time. Well, that may not be the healthiest thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> they 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 enjoy it. And it's kind of uh, about, you know, we kind of talk about ourselves being a little bit of a family. And families bond around food a lot of times. So it's like being around the kitchen table. And they'll take a couple bites of this, a couple bites of that, and then chat for a few minutes and then go on. But uh, food is one of the big ways. And I would love to say it was something really technical. uh but the joke is in HR is that instead of interviewing people for their skill set coming in, we should have them provide a culinary example of their best <laughs> dish. Well, uh, given the crude
0: nature of my cooking skills, I, I, uh, I don't think I passed that test. But, uh, yeah, no, food is a fun way to celebrate, and it, it does bring us all together. And, uh, and I suspect that you've, you've had uh, your fair share of barbecue in that office then over the years.
1: Uh, a barbecue. And then hey, you know, we're mostly the, most of the staff are women. And I, I tell you what they are, some of them are amazing cooks. And one of the fun things about it is that they will, uh, we'll have like a little food. It's not auctions, but like a food bake sales here for charities. And they just kind mm. of organize that on their own. Uh, a lot of times I won't even know. And they will be, doing a little bake sale from inside the office for the, lo- the local kids club or the, the church or whatever. Uh, and I, sometimes I'm like it, when you start here, I warn people, I said, you know, you freshman 15 in college, we might have our freshman 10 here. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, freshly baked yummy cookies. Who's not willing to
1: contribute, right? I, uh, for 50 cents. Yeah. It's, it's, a. Uh, and then, and then all the money goes to our charitable fund, and then we support local charities uh, or employees in need. If they have a financial need, sometimes we're able to jump in with that. Give a did little bit s- of the best of both worlds. Uh, did
0: you say you have a company fund, a charity fund?
1: Associated? Yeah, so all, all the food that we raise, and we have lots of little fundraisers here, uh, like today it being, a, being Friday, is jean day. And if you pay $5, you can wear jeans, even though it's not really in the dress code. All that money goes to our charitable fund, and then we look for charities to support, and then we'll go out there, or we try to help employees that have had or they're in need. And, mm. uh, they it's, we did a cookbook one time, we did all sorts of fun stuff with that, but they uh, they feel real excited and uh, you know proud that I they, they been, hey, we could do that.
0: Been doing that. That's a cool cool tradition. Uh,
1: I, I would love to say it started with me, but I'm afraid it's been here for a long time and it's just kind of been here and i when i got here i realized real fast this is some of the rules that i had to play by. well
0: i i think that's 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 a fun way to to get engagement and uh you know who doesn't like dressing in jeans on fridays right I, that's exactly right what what about so i mean I, I think what's really neat there is just the regularity of it you know it's just uh, a lot of smaller little things that add up and kind of add to the feel and the culture uh, every week. Um, If there's a particularly big win, um, how do you like to celebrate those?
1: Uh, You know, I, I want to say big wins are about food, too, but you know, we we do some bonus programs and other things here to kind of bring us all together. We do a lot of big get-togethers, so if we do something really special, really fun, mm. uh, we try to get everybody together uh, and we'll, you know, just kind of have a big office get-together and enjoy. I mean, I, I brought in pizza. I've done this. I've done. We've done that. Uh, just anything, depending on what the moment is, uh, bringing us. Bringing us uh, together, reinforcing that culture, uh, and I get a lot of positive feedback from some of those moves.
0: You know, uh, I, <clears throat> sometimes just spending time together can be a, one of the coolest things to do, right? And, uh, and we don't always get to do that because we're running in 10,000 different directions. So uh,
1: and kind of reflecting on that. Um, yeah, just getting everybody together um, across to the different div- yeah across the different divisions and si- and I hate to say we have silos, but across the different divisions, it enables yeah. us to get everybody together. And from all the different departments sure. and from the different locations, we get everybody together, and we just celebrate. I mean, we don't have to really get too deep into it, and it's not such a big celebration that it costs that it's cost prohibited smaller get togethers, just having fun, do something silly. Yeah. You know, uh, we're talking about bringing in a comedian. I don't know how that's going to work. The comedian we're talking about, I listened to, I didn't think it was very good, but then again, everybody's Joe, Joe lives here. Now you gotta get him in there. I right. am uh, just saying everybody's, uh, since humor is, is their own, but, uh, anything <laughs> that we can come up with that, that seems to be fun. I, you know, I, I, uh,
0: I can't get enough laughter. I mean, laughing is fun. And uh, man, if you organized a comedian to come out there with everybody, that'd be a hoot. Let me know. I'll come out there. Free food.
1: <laughs> hey, free food. Hey, hey you know, it's all, about, it's all about building that opportunity to bond together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And especially now we're all virtual so much. I think that togetherness is really powerful. Now, That's- I know you well enough to know, Robert, that you're going to be, you're, of the better examples of this but i I would generalize and say most of the time ceos and business owners are not good at self-care not good at celebrating themselves because they're so busy taking care of everybody else but tell me what you do to, to kind of reinvigorate and to kind of recharge and kind of just you know celebrate if you had, you know, a particularly good month or something, um, what do you do
1: to recharge and kind of refill
0: your your batteries?
1: Uh, you know, I always look for things when I'm wanting to recharge. I want to look for things that are really interesting, uh, things that kind of challenge me, uh, but something that you don't would normally do. Uh, one of the things, and I don't know if many people know about this, uh, there is actually a James Bond school in no. London. Okay. There, there is, and I found out about it and I went as a reward and, and, and to say it was, uh, exciting is an understatement. Damn. Uh, I, you know, I've been to racing schools and driving schools and flying things and, uh, uh, shooting, uh, you know, all, I look always, put like these really exciting adventures that I look back on and I have this really mem- great memory, uh, that celebrate with that, and it kind of really brings it all home for me. It's like, okay, this is the reason I work this hard, and this is the reward. And it doesn't hurt anybody, it's not real flashy, it's just about that personal connection and experience with that event. How many people were there? And, and,
0: and you know, uh, there, was a, I think, there was something you did I, that would be out of the ordinary from your day to day,
1: uh. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll say this. There were probably uh, 15 to 17 people that I don't remember the exact number. It's been a few years. Uh, the, one of the most interesting things that I've never done before is uh, uh, spying on people and trying to you know, do, put, set up surveillance oh, and wow. then walking through. And this is out, right outside of London having to figure out how to go incognito and then change your appearance and how to dress in a way that you can quickly, like you may wear uh, a more formal business coat and taking it off and having a t-shirt or something else underneath. So you could quickly change your appearance, hats, glasses, really. And then try the the difficulty to trying to track somebody without being observed was uh, really interesting. Uh, the toxicology we went into that I thought was really how to tell if your drinks are poisoned and over the different poisons that you may or may not be familiar with. Nice. <laughs> uh, it was it was a wow. ton of fun uh, you know how to dress up, how to network at a party, and then of course you have your guns, martial arts, cars, all the other good stuff that you do. But uh, some of the most interesting ones are I would never have. And it's run by, it was set up by an, an a MI6. I
0: was just going to ask, who teaches person? this? That sounds like the it's most a, fun. It's, a,
1: it's, a, it's a MI6 person that retired in a spe- SAS, Special Air Services person. They have gotten together, so they combine the, the spy craft with the military aspect. And wow. I went to level one. Uh, level two is you're kind of though you're kind of on your own you're not with a class and it's a lot more expensive but they set up like you're a spy you're doing this you're doing that you need to infiltrate this and then of course level 3 is how much money do you want to spend and how crazy do you want it it's like you <laughs> live James Bond per day In- inc- incredible experience tons of fun uh totally you know, that's one of those things that I tell people about, and they go, Really? I said, It really does exist. It's kind of hard to find, but it, it really does exist. And that's a reward for when you're working hard and you have uh, uh, some resources to do something really crazy and different. Uh, sometimes you find those opportunities, and those are the kind of opportunities I'm always looking for. Man, that's
0: that's amazing. I uh, Who says school has to be boring, right?
1: I mean, that sounds like the most uh, exciting school you could. I was. It was the most exciting, exhausting. I mean, I came home and I like I needed a week off because I've been working so hard.
0: I bet. I mean, you know, I've, I've read books and different things about, you know, CIA and, you know, different uh, spycraft type books. And it's, it's fascinating stuff. I mean, it's, it's really uh, everything from just their power of observation and, and, and the, uh, you know, the the uh, yeah, it's just amazing. So what a what a neat experience. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, what a fun uh, adventure to go on, and just kind of takes you out of your normal day to day. And I I could totally see how that'd be both refreshing and exhausting. <laughs> uh,
1: it, 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 the, the best part, it, it you you, you have zero time to think about work and what yeah. you're what okay what's going on at the office. You're totally cut off from all that. Uh, you're you're totally engulfed. And all of that and it is those kind of adventures are really the what I look for when I want to celebrate something. You know and again I
0: just want people who are listening to this to remember that it's so easy today to get sucked into kind of this grind where years can fly by and really want to encourage you to take that time to not only celebrate the little things around. I think it's especially important actually to celebrate the little things uh, that we so easily start taking for granted. And and when you stop taking them for granted, start celebrating just the little things and then combine that with self-care, doing some fun things for you along the way, not waiting for that that kind of ultimate end goal. Well, I'll do that win 10, 15 years from now, but just go for it once in a while. Um, it's so important, I think, to to. to to so feeling like we're, we're, we're living and we're not just in that grind. And uh, I feel like a lot of people get stuck in that grind. And uh, so I, I really doubly appreciate your sharing that because that's uh, what a fun, fun way to do that. I uh, Another question here along the same lines, um, and uh, it's kind of a toughie, but um, I know you're always up to the challenge. what. Uh, you know, we, we sometimes give gifts and sometimes receive gifts in, in business. What would you say is the best gift you've ever received from somebody? Uh, and it doesn't necessarily need to be in business, but uh, or, the, you know, what would you say is one of the best gifts you've given?
1: Okay, well, there's two different ones. So let's, let's start with the ones I've, I was given. Uh, I, I want to say this sounds kind of businessy, but uh, mentorship. There was an older gentleman that I got to meet, and he took a real interest in me. And he gave me his time, he gave me his knowledge, he gave me opportunities to meet people that I would have never gotten that before. Mm. And it was, a, you know, he this is one of those guys that did a lot of things in life wrong, and he was able to really kind of cut through to the real crux of the matter. And tell me about when you make a mistake. Hey, this is this is what I did wrong. Hmm. This is how I wish I would have done it. differently. These are the things I was thinking. These are the things now in retrospect. So I was able to learn so much from him over a period of about ten years. Wow. And uh, it, you know, when, when he finally passed away, you know, it was a it was tough, but it was probably his time and sharing of his life was probably the best gift I've ever been mm. given and cause he didn't have to do it. I was just some punk kid that thought he knew what he was, what he was doing. And uh, he saw something and he took an interest in that. And I'll, uh, I'll always be grateful for the time I had with him. Mm.
0: I, I, I mean, just pause there too. I mean, I, you know, sometimes people think that the best gifts are a thing or, you know, monetary or, you know, something of value when in fact, um, deeply touched by what you shared like just somebody caring enough to notice you take you under their wing share spend time with you uh can really be the most powerful impactful things we can give somebody
1: yeah and this wasn't some super successful person this he was successful in life maybe not in a monetary sense but he 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 really brought a lot. And hearing about his failures on mm-hmm. the personal and the business side and the collateral damage, it really kind of taught me that, hey, you know, bad decisions have bad consequences. Uh and able to talk to somebody who had been there and done it, hey, say, hey, this, you know, you may think you know what you're doing, but let's have that. Let's have that conversation. He was always a great uh Person to, to bounce things off of, but I will say this: I mean, he did re- he did put me in my place many a times when I thought I knew something that he didn't. Hmm. So tough feedback, yeah. but very very grateful for it.
0: So I, I'm hearing, and it, my words, not yours, but two things in particular that you respect about that conversation. And one is his, uh, I guess today we call it authenticity, but his vulnerability, his willingness to talk about. Stuff that didn't go right for him, stuff where he made a mistake, and that that willingness to show something other than that perfect veneer that we all, you know, so many of us put up all the time, kind of as a you know default, and uh, that can be so powerful. Um, and then too, i I'm also hearing uh, again in a different light, but he he wasn't afraid to tell you what he really thought when you disagreed, and um, and that can be a gift. I, I know some people get can um uh can get triggered by and, and really dislike when somebody challenges them or calls them out on something but
1: it's a gift it's a big and gift. it, was, and it, where it was the 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 feedback is where it came from he actually cared he did it he gave me the the feedback in a way that I would understand but he did it out of the goodness of his heart trying to be uh, be a good influence on me or point me in the right direction
0: how, how did he do that? Because that so, that's so so—that's so hard, I think. And, and I see today a lot of people in the adult world struggle with that. How, how, what did he do that, that made you feel cared for even when he was, you know, busting you on something?
1: Uh, you know, he, he, he came from that old school that didn't share a lot of emotions, but just the way, you know, he yes. delivered the message, kind of like you would expect your grandfather to deliver a message to you. He's going to say, hey, son let's not play with those matches over there <laughs> You know that real. And then, and, you know, it, it is, as you kind of went along in it, he, he, it was, it was that quick to anger. I mean, so, I'm sorry, slow to anger, but quick to comment that just kind of, you know, and if you ever, I mean, he, he was just such a character <laughs> and he would come up with stuff and he'd say, I remember I was having a problem with someone. I had a big, uh, business conflict, and he and I was whining, is what he called it, and he said, son, so why are you giving them that power over you to ruin your day? Oh. And I said, because they're not thinking about you. Makes you kind
0: of go, oh, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I, and,
1: and, and I wanted to fuss about it some more, but he, he kind of put me in my place, and uh, it, was, it was done in such a way... I, you know, I would hope at some point in my life I would be able to deliver that in the way he delivered it. And I wish he had really put it into words, but, you know, when you, when you feel that from somebody, you know it's real. So it really was a great gift.
0: Mm. Thank you for sharing that. That, that's, um, that's inspiring to me. And it's, uh, you know, a good reminder that, uh, that not just what you're saying, but, You're saying it now. That's the gift that you got. Tell me a little bit about something that you feel might be one of the best gifts
1: you've ever given. So, and this one's gonna this is comes from uh, a little a little bit more of the heart. Uh, So, my uh, mother and brother were killed in separate car accidents when I was growing up, and someone suggested. So, my brother died first, and he was a sophomore in high school, and I was a senior uh someone suggested we start a scholarship and uh, you know at first i was you know being a a teenager i didn't really understand that uh but over several years we put on a golf tournament to help kids go through school and stuff uh it became a, a gift for me uh, to set up my own scholarship mm. uh for kids and uh it was really, you know, like even tonight, the, it's for Baylor University. They're having a dinner uh, that we get to meet some of the recipients of the, the scholarship. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get to, and to me, that's, you know, you know I, I've given that gift of setting something up. We continue to give to it uh, to make a difference in their lives and further their education at a university they want to attend. Uh, so that to me, that's a big gift, and I feel really good about uh, – and I get, I, ask, I, get, I get some feedback from them. I mean, it, so tonight, I'm really excited about what I'm going to hear. And it's no
0: strings attached, right? I mean, it's just a
1: gift or gift. No, it's, 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 do it. it's just, I, uh, don't, I don't get to pick who does it. I don't have any say over where the money is used. I said, I just want a, a little letter from the the students that are getting it. So I can put a, you know, a, a name with the gift every year mm. and get to see, because it continually gives. And the endowed scholarships, they give, they'll give for a hundred years. And it's, you know, I, I think if somebody, and I remember my, one of my college roommates, he didn't have the, the financials to really be there. And he said, what a gift it was. And then the mm-hmm. students, I'm tonight, I know I'm going to hear because I go to this dinner every night, every year. How big a difference this made in their lives that somebody would give them an opportunity to attend the school.
0: Especially with how expensive school's gotten. And I think it's also rare when you're able, when you get those gifts, whether it's time and attention, like from the, the gentleman that, that, you know, served as a, um, a mentor. um or money to help you pay for college without strings, right? There's a lot of people that give you stuff that come with heavy strings attached <laughs> um, in life, but it is really rare and, and maybe even more impactful when those rare times, when you get that support with no, no strings, nothing, just here,
1: go make a difference. And that's, and that's really the best part about it is you're making a difference in someone's life and then what difference will they make to the world or to their families uh, or to whatever businesses they're in. So it's exciting. And at the same time, yeah, I don't get anything out of it other than uh, a good feeling in my heart when, you know, we'll, we'll sit down tonight. We'll talk about what's going on in their world. We'll, we'll have that kind of interaction. And it does kind of end up being a gift for me, but uh, I, I know I do it every year. because. And it, it doesn't start out – it started out with little donations to set this up. It's not that you, if you want to set up one of these, it's not a lot of money to get it started. And it took me – I've been doing it for 20 years. And I finally have a little money in there so they can give these scholarships. It's just a little bit at a time. Uh, so you don't have to start – you don't have to wait until you're 75 years old to say, I want to set up a scholarship. You can start – I was 30 Wow. And I started, just had a little bit of money and I would send, you know, send it over there. And over a period of time, it, uh, it kind of grew into something that it's, it's really kind of, it's I, I, for me, I feel it's a really great gift that I'm giving to somebody because it helps you impact their future. And there are no strings attached.
0: Yeah. Well, the, uh, you know, that, that, Again, in the same spirit of it's important to celebrate along the way and not just wait till the end to celebrate. Um, and your message of, hey, you don't feel you need to be 70 before you start giving. Just start giving a little bit. It can really add up. Um, it's so important. And, I, and, and both for the people that are receiving it, but I feel like I've never met somebody who is regularly giving, even if it's smaller amounts along the way, but who's regularly giving and and connecting with the people that it's impacting, who wouldn't tell you in private that that is one of the highlights of their life is they really get uh, a tremendous sense of meaning and satisfaction from, from giving back along the way, not just at that kind of final moment, you know, when you're, you know, X years old. Um, So if, if anybody's listening now, there's ways to do that, uh, that that are easy. And, and, you know, you can set up your own DAF account, slowly start adding to it It Could be $20 a month. It doesn't need to be anything huge, but, um, get started on it and, uh, follow Robert's example of, of exploring, you know, something that, um, you know, you relate to, you know, it may be education, maybe something else, but, um, what a, Thank you for doing that, Robert. I think, you know, one of my frustrations in the news and everything is there's all this kind of fighting and heavy uh, energy today. And yet there's there's people like you that are building businesses and, and your team and uh, uplifting things that Americans are doing that um, we need to help make sure that people remember that and, and kind of get those stories out there and remind people of the the goodness is there still that you would totally miss if you just relied on you. So Robert, it has been a honor to have you here today. I really appreciate your openness and sharing uh, some really fun stories and, and insights um, from your journey. Thank you again for, for making time to be with us today. And please keep celebrating like a CEO, uh, your team, your
1: family, uh, and your generosity to the students at Baylor. Thanks, Devon. It's it's great to be able to, to kind of visit a little bit and uh, talk about some of the, you know, the, the questions you had are pretty tough, but uh, it, it's fun to kind of go over it and talk through them with you. So uh, I, I hope everybody gets to enjoy that and and uh, is able to either be a mentor or uh, find one in their lives. Thank you again, Robert. See you later, spot Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the celebrate like a CEO podcast. If you are a successful business owner or CEO and want to be a guest on our show, be sure and reach out by sending me an email to Stefan at and put celebrate in the subject line. We'd love to hear your story. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to share subscribe and leave a review. Be sure to tune in every Monday morning for a new episode and remember Celebration is the key to success without burnout.